I'm Leo. I'm Lauren. I'm Trevor. And welcome to the Boo Crew Podcast, episode 368. How y'all doing? Wow, that's a lot. Like, kind of close to 400. We're getting there. How you doing, Leo? Doing all right, except the numbers gave me anxiety, man. I don't think we've talked to Leo since the last recording, right? No, we haven't. Maybe you haven't talked, yeah. Everything okay in your world? Yeah, things are going well. Good, man, good. Oh, yeah, how about you guys? How's everything going over there? Yeah, hanging in there. Busy. Very busy time of year. And yeah. we thought we'd kind of start off, or I thought we'd kind of start off this episode with something that was uh, a favorite element of one of my favorite podcasts, the stuff that dreams are made of, that uh, prop <laughs> podcast. <laughs> if you listen back on episode 343, we had uh, Dave Mandel and Ryan Condal, the two yeah. extremely talented writers and showrunners. Who, uh, well, Ryan does the Game of Thrones. See, what, what's it called? The House of the Dragon, House of Dragon, House of Dragons. I'm not down with the Game of Thrones. I haven't seen any Game of Thrones. <laughs> There's a dragon. Yeah, yeah, Leo, that one. Leo, are you down with that series? No, I mean I want to, but I just I made the mistake of never starting. So to catch up would be just endless hours of watching. Right, that's know? the thing. Yeah, yeah. that's like me and the, currently the Marvel series too. Yeah. I'm afraid it's daunting to me. Yeah, and 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 to, to watch all the chilling adventures of Sabrina too is also daunting. But I'll save save it for that rainy day when we retire, living oh, in yeah. a cabin somewhere. I'm excited for that. Yeah, looking forward to that. Well, you, you know what does suck about that thought? It's like I'm now finding out that shows are being taken away. Yeah, that's true, right? And that it's like I don't understand. Like HBO made these shows, right? Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's going away forever, like next week. So have fun. And in a lot of those, in some some of those cases, though, there's no physical versions of it, right? No physical media, especially right. like on Netflix. Like I, I don't think there's, I don't think there's a way of uh, none of the Sabrina stuff is in Blu-ray box set or anything as of yet. No. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting, right? This landscape is very, very interesting, and with all the interesting things going on in this genre. The one thing that I, I would like to borrow from Stuff Dreams Are Made Of is every week they do a What's New in Props. So I figure we start doing What's New in Horror and just kind of go over some of the, the headlines and, and things that are coming out in streaming and things that are on the way uh, in this genre. So I wanted to start yes. things off with Julian Sands, star of movies like Warlock, uh, Boxing Helena, Arachnophobia, is missing. He went hiking... And it's, it's been about 10 days, and as of recording this, he still hasn't been found. I guess it was the Baldy Bowl Trail that climbs 3,900 feet over 4.5 miles to the highest summit in the San Gabriel Mountains. And they're worried about avalanches and some of these high winds that they've been having up there that have gusts up to 70 miles per hour. And they had to take a break because they were worried about getting caught like the people on the search party were worried about being stuck in avalanches and stuff. But man, that's tragic. And Julian, it looks like he's been like a fan of hiking and mountain climbing and all that kind of stuff. So he's probably just, you know, on a on a pleasure trail or whatever. It's I wonder what's going on. It's sad. 
That is crazy. I hope he's okay. I mean, you, you can be an experienced hiker, you know, all you want, but if you're not prepared for icy snow, freezing conditions up there, right? You know, it's like if you don't have food, water, it's like I, I don't. It's already beyond what is it's over a week, right? So yeah, ten days maybe. It's it's been a while. Ooh, that's not good. Yeah. Well, we're hoping for the best outcome and that he's yeah. doing yeah. okay. Or, you know, that they find him in, in good shape. Um, and uh, on a positive note, a lot of Friday the 13th activity in the past couple of weeks. Sean Cunningham, the director of the original 1980, is trying to get a reboot off the ground. And he's also developing a reboot of his uh, 1985's House. And I'm a huge nice. I'm a huge fan of House. Leo, were you f- much of a fan of that series? Yeah, actually, that was like, a, you know. To, to probably quote something you said in the past, uh, that was a rental based on the VHS cover. What, with the kind of like disembodied hand <laughs> the, the, the approaching hand, the doorbell? Uh, ringing the doorbell, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Classic, <laughs> classic video store days. So the original yeah. screenwriter of Friday 13th, Victor Miller, is teaming up with Brian Fuller and A24 for a prequel series for a Peacock, and that's Crystal Lake. So with all the new interest, they're hoping both sides... Sean Cunningham and Victor are going to come back together, get Jason back in theaters for the first time in 14 years. And there's also, if that doesn't happen, there's a plan B for a sequel to the original that will avoid any legal entanglements. So this, all this news is coming from a writer, Jeff Locker, who's working with Sean on a film he's producing called The Night Driver. And Jeff is also working on the script for the house reboot. And they say it's an update and reimagining of the series, the laughs are back, the return of some of your favorite monsters from the original, and awesome kills, of course. Uh, the original film, to remind everybody, was written by Fred Decker, Night of the Creeps, Monster yeah. Squad, some of the greatest movies ever made, <laughs> and uh, yeah. it was directed by Steve Miner and produced by Sean Cunningham. So, looking forward to that, looking forward to f- f- finding out the future of the Friday the 13th franchise. It would be amazing to dive back into that into that universe. I'm thinking about the props already. Right? Yeah, that's where my mind is. More Jason masks. What was the last... Weapons? The last auction, the last prop store auction, a guy named Mario Kerner accumulated so much stuff from the history of the Friday the 13th films. It's crazy. And so I think he sold all of it or or started selling it off in the last auction. Oh, and then one other thing I was reading about. Recently, Mia Goth did an interview with Variety Magazine... And they're doing pre-production for Maxine. And she says, it's got the best script of the three in that trilogy. X, Pearl, now Maxine. And it will be the biggest story of the trilogy. I can't even imagine that. It's going to be insane. So it takes place in the 80s. We talked a bit about this on the previous episode. Yeah, It's got that whole video store vibe. And she went on to say that because it's their third movie... The crew's super tight. Everybody's coming back together. So it's like bringing the band back together. So they have that shorthand with each other. So it's going to be really, really amazing to see what they create. I mean, Ty West knocks it out of the park each and every time. So this is going to be a no brainer. It's going to be, I think, the movie to watch this year. So excited. You know, it's, it's funny. Every time I see the poster and I see the triple X now in Maxine. Yeah. I think I think of 80, because it's supposed to be in the 80s, right? I think of 80s porn which is therefore John Holmes, which is therefore the Laurel Canyon murders. So I wonder if that story or her characters and like interweave in that group. You know? Yeah. Interesting. 
And in new horror films coming out this week at time of release, we got Waking Karma. That's out on Thursday on VOD with Michael Madsen. Also coming out, Blood, that hits uh, limited theaters on Friday. The story following Jess, a separated mom and nurse who move back into their old family farmhouse with their daughter and son, Owen, after settling in. The family dog bites Owen, giving him an infection. Looking forward to that. Uh, Fear hits theaters January 27th. A group of friends gather for a much-needed weekend getaway at a remote and historic hotel. That's got my name written all over it. Yeah. Oh, Ruby Modine's in it. And T.I. Oh, nice. Cool. That's going to be great. Oh, and then I forgot um, Infinity Pool coming out on Friday as well. Some great movies. Mia Goth, Alex Skarsgård. Yeah. Brandon Cronenberg film. I realized I'm so wrapped up in horror that I don't even realize that there are other movies that aren't horror that are coming out. I was having conversations with friends and they're like, I'm so excited for Indiana Jones. I've been waiting so long. And I'm like, oh, when is that coming out? And they're like, this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were having that conversation. Like, holy shit. Does new Indiana Jones this year? Wow. Yeah. And like the little mermaid and <laughs> just like movies. I, I guess I have to pay attention to what else is going on out there. Not just. In our world. Oh, well, when those movies come out, you won't be able to escape it. You'll just, you'll just become part of the, you'll, you'll plug into the public conscience and just know about it. Well, I'm excited for the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Oh, yeah. Sophia Lillis. Yeah, it looks cool. And Chris, Chris Pine is in that. Yep. And that's coming out, that's coming out soon, isn't it? March? I think so. I believe. But we shouldn't be expected to know that because that's not horror. So. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons, fantasy, horror adjacent, I'll give it. Right? All if right. there's a dragon or a monster Fine. or a creature, an orc, maybe. Dragons are scary, yeah. Yeah. All right, March 31st. Leo, you ever played Dungeons and Dragons? March 31st. Okay. Yeah. I've always, I've attempted to play the arcade game once or twice. Oh. <laughs> and didn't know what the hell I was doing. And of course, like, you know, there goes my quarter, you know. But you never actually sat and played like the role playing board game with the six dice and a six sided die and everything like that. No, no, no. I'm happy to or maybe sad to say that I've never played any one of those games. Do you remember that like satanic panic that happened in the 80s? I remember sitting there at sleepovers and watching the newscasts that were like D&D, you know, turning people into Satanists and kids were killing each other and they were, they were thinking that the game was real and they were acting. Yeah. Leo, do you remember hearing yeah. all that? Like it was that, that plays into the plot of a stranger things. Remember what's his name? The, uh, Eddie Munson. Yeah. Yeah. What do they call hellfire? Yeah. The hellfire, hellfire club. club. Yep. Yeah. Don't they play D and D and that's what people thought, you know, that they were all Satanists. Yep. There you go. So yeah. The next order of business here. I love that we have orders of business. Well, I'm trying to keep it organized. Very professional. Got my little flow you. here. It's not a complete yeah, mess. Arm speaking. Right? <laughs> it's not a complete mess. This is a partial mess. Last week's episode had some elements that could be considered a, I don't know, a bit of a downer, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know. Say, ratings are up, man. Right? <laughs> thank you. For those of you that reached out to us. That yes, was thank you so much. Super nice. I've been off social media, but Lauren's been fielding everything yes, to me too. I, I've been filling him in and it's super kind of you to just take time to let us know that you're listening and that you 
support us and that you, you know, have similar feelings. It just it was really cool to see. Especially right now, man, it keeps us going. Like literally, it yeah, keeps us going. It really does. So yeah, thank totally. you to all of you that reached out. Like I said, really cool to see. And it, on that note. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, I mean, we were apologized for the downer. The, the I don't know. Was, we're always so, I feel like, enthusiastic. Yeah, exactly. And upbeat and. And in no way do we mean to be negative. But I think it's also important to be honest and share in feelings that we know from what we've seen from the DMs that you sent that you were feeling too. Yeah. And on that note, there is something else we wanted to address that is kind of an elephant in the room, so to speak. And we wanted to bring it up to discuss maybe how to turn it into a positive because we've seen a lot of broken hearts over this. I think I speak for the three of us when we say rips us up inside a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. People always talk about how amazing the horror community is. And it really is. With the success of horror in the theaters and it permeating pop culture more than ever before, it's getting bigger and bigger. It was all great things. It means more conventions, more events, more movies, more toys, exactly. more attention. Like, yeah, more of everything that keeps us all going. And when I say us, I'm talking about the three of us and you listening and your friends and more cute clothes. Yes, definitely. More ways for all of us to creatively express our love for those films and how they make us all feel. The genre has given all of us a lifestyle. Like Lauren said, it seeps into how you decorate your house, what you wear, what you collect. It's a way to connect with other people in a unique and powerful way. And it ignites all our imaginations and can fuel how we push through things in our own lives and how we tell our own stories. And it's it's empowering. I hate to sound like the person who gets pissed when a band they like that no one knows about gets popular because it's not really like that. We want this genre to explode. It's an incredible time to be a horror fan, but no one really addresses some of the toxic side that comes with that success. There are certain parts of the horror community that have seemed to become a bit exclusive rather than inclusive. And the horror genre has always been about being inclusive at its core. Yeah, I would have to say, you know, obviously I agree with you on, and you know, I have experienced firsthand, you know what, I've just, I feel like sometimes I feel really alienated and kind of like not the cool kid at all. Um, I feel like we're left out of a lot. And it, and it's very interesting to see it as an adult who has been through high school. And now I have kids that are, I have a kid that's almost in high school, which is also crazy for me to think about. But 
you know, I've been around people in this community that will talk crap about someone. And then the next day, they'll be hanging out with that person. <laughs> I'm just like, what? Um, and, yeah. and I feel like everybody, I'm not going to say I never say anything bad about anybody because I'd be lying. But I feel like... Well, I think I, everybody everybody does like this, how they make it through things, right? Yeah. People get feelings hurt and everything. And you listening, there we know there are people listening who have been through this. Yes. And who feel this way. Perhaps yes. you... This has happened to you. We know podcasts that have uh, people who've left podcasting in this community because of the way they've been made to feel. Yeah. You know, they aren't welcome because they don't know enough about the horror genre. Elitism, because they don't know like the coolest underground films or obscure Blu-ray or filmmaker and... Maybe you're made to feel like you don't belong because you don't dress or look a certain way or read the right publications or go to the right events or have your hair a certain way. And I feel like there are gatekeepers in this community. Yeah, and I, there is some gatekeeping that is that is crept in. And I think that as an adult, I right. think my whole... It's, it's a little bit high school, right? And it's like, I've got four kids. I got to worry about selling Girl Scout cookies this month. Like, I don't have time for this drama, but I just like try to stay out of it. And I don't. But we see it happening to a lot of people that we know. And, you know, it's it's sad. And I find just people don't really address it or talk about it. And horror is about, it's about smashing down barriers and walls and sharing new ideas and passions and if you have experienced this sort of treatment, know that you aren't alone. You know, I don't know what else to say, but we got to love one another out there, support one another, and always know that you have a home right here with us. And I think the first step in obliterating the toxic bullshit is by being aware of it, savvy to it, to quote uh, Jack Sparrow. So that if any of us, did you just? Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, You know, so if any of us have to face it or face it again, that you aren't caught with your guard, your guard down, and you're more empowered to fight through it because you know you have a community rallying behind you. I'd love for you to DM us on our socials at Tales from the Boo Crew on Insta, at Tales from the Boo on Twitter. Email us. I forget what our email address is. Uh, Anybody know? I think it's Tales from the Boo Crew. Well, I'd go to talesfromtheboocrew.com. I think you can email us from there. But we'd love to hear from you and yeah. your thoughts. I was just reflecting on what you just said because we run into these people at the conventions and I'm like, hey, whatever happened to you or your show or your channel or whatever? And then you hear the story and you're like, what? You know, then, you know, we find out it's like they were bullied out of the, you know, or people lied and created some stories that gatekeep them out of certain events or you know and it's just like dude it's so sad like like why is this happening you know it's like um if you're, like you said it feels like high school you know? yeah it's like and it's, the, it's a very opposite of what the genre is yeah and it's uh, you know it's, i again i think it's i think it's because you know this stuff eventually happens because there's more and more people doing it the community's getting bigger right yeah it's for sure is it getting too big is there a thing no, I, being too big? I don't think so. Because like we said, you know, it's, 
it opens the floodgate for more content, more creators, and it's always good. But yeah. you know, the more popular it gets, I think I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why it happens. Honestly, if you're feeling it, just know that you got a community. Most of the community isn't like that, and you got people rallying behind you. But don't don't give up your thing. Yeah. You know, love love your horror movies the way you want to do it, and uh, there's no uh, status that you have to or image you have to live up to in order to be a fan in this genre and to celebrate it alongside everybody. Yeah. You know, you shouldn't go to a convention and feel like you don't belong there. And that would be sad if that, if that happened. So I wish we could have like, I don't know. It reminds me of Loveline, but it's not like a live show. And oh, like, like yeah, call her. Call. Well, there is a way. I mean, Leo's talked about it before yeah. of doing, and we're, we're probably going to explore that at some point, right? Like we can, we can go on YouTube live or something like that. Right, Leo? Right. Yeah. For sure. That'd be fun to do. And yeah, talk with people yeah, just and just... Have like an open conversation, an open forum. It'd be interesting. Why not? Yeah. But let's not talk about STDs or anything. STDs? Yeah. Like Loveline. Oh, like give sex advice and stuff? Yeah. Which leads us to our... <laughs> to leads our, us to Danielle Harris yeah. and Scott Taylor Compton. <laughs> Which leads us to our movie that we watched. Oh, Yeah. Yes, Lauren and I, let's let's talk about horror films. Why we're here? Why we're here? And I, you know, again, we don't mean to be negative. So sorry. I know yeah. this is not the kind of uh, content you've come to expect from the boot crew. Very different. And yeah, I, some I, real I, talk, right? Just things that you know we've been thinking about. Yeah. Now that it's like off our chest. Yeah. Well, you're not gonna. It's not gonna be doom and gloom every. Yeah. Every episode. single episode. <laughs> You know, just things to think about, things to talk about, because we again we want to open the the gates a little bit more. Of to like, you yeah just who we are and our thoughts and and who you are and your thoughts yeah and what you're doing out there we can make a great team yeah you and i the boo crew will be right back within this old house live two residents one of them is john russell composer professor the other has been dead for over 70 years <laughs> Claire, I'd like to talk to you about the house. Did you die in this house? How did you die? Whatever it is, it's trying desperately to communicate. What is it in that house, Claire? What is it doing? Why is it trying to reach me? Many films will frighten you, but only a few can really terrify you. The Changeling, an experience beyond total fear. movie talk talk about what we saw lord you should kick it off because you are way better with the facts uh, i don't have many facts but um we went back and saw a movie from 2014 and you could see it too for free on tubi nothing wrong with that honeymoon 
this is this is Lee Janiac's debut film, who did the hugely fun Fear Street series for Netflix. Leo, did you see it? No, I have not. I've heard of it, but I've not watched this one yet. It's really, really good. I'm really bad with pronouncing names, especially lately, but <laughs> the screenplay is written by Lee and Phil Graziaggi. You probably said it better than uh, most people. Oh, are you kidding me? I probably butchered it. But anyway, <laughs> they co-wrote uh, Fear Street as well, and this is their, their first project together. So it stars Rose Leslie, Game of Thrones. From Game of Thrones, not Rose Leslie Game of Thrones. It's not her full name. (laughs) (laughs) That's just how I wrote it down and I actually read it instead of uh, thinking about what I was saying. Rose Leslie bears an uncanny resemblance to Emma Stone and Katie Video. That's right. The girl who makes VHS video cassettes of your favorite horror films on social media. She looks exactly like the two of them together. Yes, it's kind of nice. it's kind of wild and harry treadaway who was on that show penny dreadful they're uh they play b and paul we're not again we're not about spoiling these movies for you we want you to go in as dark as possible all we're gonna say is a newly married couple goes to a remote cabin in the woods to have to, lots of sex yes to celebrate their honeymoon in the best way you can celebrate a honeymoon <laughs> by having tons of sex evidently <laughs> Small cast, eight people. Uh, One of the things that I loved about this film, you'll notice at the end credits, a guy named Trevor Gates did the sound design. And the sound design in this movie is incredible. It's a massive way that the suspense and mystery that will slowly unravel, it'll pull you in. And the sound design by Trevor Gates, you look at his back credits in his back catalog, you're going to see Evil Dead 2013, Don't Breathe, Ouija Origin of Evil, Get Out, Us, Gerald's Game, Hill House, Happy Death Day, Freaky, Brightburn, Doctor Sleep, right? And his name's Trevor. And his name is Trevor. <laughs> wow. Trevor Gates. Wow. So you know how I have a favorite, funny. A favorite editor, yes. Josh Ethier. This is my favorite sound designer and sound editor. <laughs> Trevor Gates. He's worked on like every one of like our favorite films. So he's nice. involved in this. So there's a little taste of what you're getting. High quality sound design. All right. Yeah. But the acting's phenomenal. It keeps you going, man. Yeah. You're, you'll be on the edge of your seat wondering at every step, what the hell? Where is this going? I think I only fell asleep once. I think you did. You guys, that may sound like horrible. Like, <laughs> that's oh like, my God. That's like, uh, yeah, that's like. A, but there are memes about me. That's like a five star review from Lauren. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I didn't fall asleep. <laughs> yeah. Or I've, I nodded off once. Yeah, it's a problem. <laughs> you might have narcolepsy. <laughs> it's possible. Like, uh, like Lauren's Lauren's rating is going to be like, I took hypnosil and fell asleep. You're right. <laughs> now, if you take Lauren to a theater, though. That's she will stay awake through the whole thing. I mean, I'm serious. You can watch the best movie in the world at home. Lauren will be out. Oh, like, I know. Halfway through it. I try to like fight it. Like, I feel my body being like pulled into sleep. And I'm like, no, this is really, really interesting. Um, and just like that TikTok, Facebook reel or whatever I sent you, 
where the guy's looking over at his wife and her eyes are rolling in the back of her head <laughs> yeah. constantly. He's like checking on her. Like, are you falling asleep? So you're seriously falling asleep right now? That's you, right? Yeah, I keep looking over like, oh God, she's falling asleep. It, it, yeah. it, it's true. It's so horrible. Well, because usually too, when you fall asleep, that means movie's over. We got to stop it. And I, I'm like, oh God, because I'm usually wide awake at that point. It sucks because I feel like if we watch these during the day when I was more awake, It'd yeah, be a can't. different story, but we have when, kids. Yeah, when are we going to watch these during the day? Yeah. No, it's a fantasy, but... And uh, anything else to add on Honeymoon before I go to our uh, our second follow-up movie? Yeah, um, no, it's just definitely worth checking out. I don't want to give anything But away. you love the performances, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. It made me really feel uneasy, and I just couldn't figure... I was like, what? what is going on? Like, what happened? That's what you think about the whole time. You're like, what brought us to this point? Yeah. And then like little puzzle pieces get solved. And then you're like, oh, crap. And that's why this next movie pairs perfectly with that. Because it does very much do this the same thing. Mm-hmm. House of Darkness on Hulu. That came out recently. Written and directed by Neil LeBute, who did The Wicker Man in 2006 the remake with nick cage uh, lakeview terrace with sam jackson it stars kate bosworth and justin long a guy drives a woman home all you need to know don't read anything about it it's fantastic i did fall asleep you did fall asleep near the end you made it you did uh, like a herculean effort i really did because i was like what the hell is going on like what i had my own thoughts about what was going on and i still don't know what the hell's going on because i fell asleep the last 20 minutes like what the hell i spent so much time in the last 20 minutes i fell asleep i'm gonna go watch it to see if what i was thinking is actually what happens right oh man but But the way it drops you in too oh unexpected i loved it i was like what the hell's going on but does the end pay off yes the end does pay off oh yeah okay certainly pays off it's a lot of a conversation yeah well that's the thing it almost all hinges on mood and dialogue and very few actors i mean it's like a play and leave it to trevor to find the house where they shot this oh my god so it's a real location the house of darkness is a real house and i'm assuming they shot it because the house was for sale around the time they shot this a few years ago in Fayetteville, Arkansas. It's called the Dromberg Dromborg Castle. It was for sale for about 5 million bucks, 13,000 square feet. Beautiful inside. Oh my god. Just google the place. You see the movie first, google the place after and go, "Oh my god, that's this room, this room." You could see, you know, <laughs> yeah, all the sets are practical, but which is looks, unbelievable. Looks different in the light. But still, beautiful. Yeah, you yeah. can see more details, I think. But, oh my God, I'm a sucker for anything that takes place in an awesome looking location. I'm currently watching The Changeling for the very first time. Speaking of oh, cool. awesome old Victorian haunted houses. When are, we, yeah. when are you watching that? I watched that when you were asleep at one point. I started <laughs> watching it. Cool. You were sitting beside me. I was? <laughs> yeah. Did I say anything? It was between your Mimi's number one and Mimi's number two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know what's yeah. going on. Really? Yeah. The oh. Changeling, yeah. Oh. God, it's got some great stuff in there. Oh, my God. One of the genre-defining haunted house movies. 1980. 
Well, yeah, that's a that's a Canadian uh, production, right? I believe so. I believe the house. Yeah. I thought I'd heard the house is in Vancouver or somewhere up in BC. Yes, former home of myself. That's right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all right, Leo, let's go to you. Well, I thought you know what? I saw something from 1987. Something that I saw once a long time ago. I think I was too young to fully you know enjoy it. But I want to give you a synopsis to see if. You guys can figure out what type of horror movie this is, okay? What type of horror movie? Yes. Hmm. So, I'll give you the opening I'll give you the opening scene. Okay. It stars two characters, okay? Uh Caleb and May. It's it's late at night. Caleb rolls up to his bar, May's outside eating an ice cream cone. He starts to hit on her and uh you know, he flirts with her and he's like, "Hey, I'll give you a ride home," you know. And she's like, "All right, whatever," you know. So, she gets into his old truck in the middle of Oklahoma. They start flirting in the car some more, but then, all, then he stops somewhere and they check out the night's the starry sky. But then she starts to panic. As she looks at the sky, she starts to panic. She forgot she had to be home before morning. So she tells him to take her home immediately. And he's kind of like, whoa, 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 what's going on? And he's like, no, no, no. So he gives in, starts to drive her home, but then he stops and demands that he kiss her first. So she starts to panic now, but then she starts to think about it and she's like, all right. I'll give you that kiss, which she does, but then she bolts out of the truck running into the vast nowhereness of farmland, you know, as daybreak's about to happen. So what do you think the movie's about? Like, what genre do I think it's about? Like, what subgenre? Yeah. Yes. <sighs> well, I mean, off the top of my head, I'm going to guess werewolves or vampire. I was going to... Lauren? Alien? Definitely right with the vampires. So the movie I'm, I'm talking about is called Near Dark. Yeah. Bill Paxton, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> Classic. I, had, I forgot that Catherine Bigelow directed this. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's right. You know, she won the Oscar for The Hurt Locker, and I think uh, won, you know, awards for Zero Dark Thirty, the Bin Laden movie. And of course, Point Break, you know, with um, Keanu Reeves and all yep, that. So yep. she's a badass director. This is like one of her, you know, earlier things in the 80, 80, from 87. And, and yeah, who do we see? We see Bill Paxson, Lance Henriksen's in it, Jeanette Goldstein, if you know her, she's the badass from Marine, uh, Marine from Aliens, mm-hmm. and she's also from Terminator 2. So it seems like that trio made it into the, you know, into the Aliens flick, you know, with um, with uh, James Cameron, you know, so, um, but yeah, this movie, I forgot about this. Uh, it's, got a, it's got a music score by Tangerine Dream. The film plays out with a very similar theme of the true... The True Knot. Remember the True Knot from Mike Flanagan's Doctor yep, Sleep? Yep, yep. So it kind of has that feel where it's like there's this ragtag of vampires, you know, driving around, you know, keeping out of the sunlight, but causing trouble and killing people along the way and you know, turning people along the way, you know? So I started thinking, I'm like, I wonder if Stephen King was referencing these characters or this premise when he wrote Doctor Sleep, because that's a more recent book before you know the movie came out yeah. somewhere i think the book came out in 2009 or 13 or something so i was kind of curious i'm like but then again how many vampire movies do we have that have t te- like a team of no one Kiefer sutherland um oh lost boys lost boys right that's not that's another one right yeah but there but there aren't many right there's there's like a, a small handful right but yeah this is one of them i thought it was fun it was just fun to see bill paxton because he's he's gone and Lance, Lance Henriksen, you know, as a leader of the group and just, just watching them being crazy, crazy characters on screen again. Uh, was a lot of fun. 
I found this one on Shudder. So if you guys uh, have Shudder, check it out. It's uh, from 87. It's a, it's a fun 80s vampire flick. Uh, something I, I watched it before. And like I said, when you watch this too young and it's not the right tone for you, you kind of forget about it. But revisiting as, as an adult, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Because it really hit a lot of cool themes. And, you know, you don't see vampire movies in the middle of the, mid, in the Midwest. Or the, I'm sorry, the South, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like That's just a weird setting for a vampire movie. Because it's like, there's nothing out there. It's just flat land for thousands and millions of acres. It's like there's nowhere to hide, you know? But they do some creative things, you know, with RVs and stuff. And definitely check it out. It's a fun movie. Yeah, it's been a while, man, since I've seen that. I think I was one of the ones who yeah. was too young. When I originally yeah. saw it, uh, I was in my teens, I think, and just kind of discovering and getting into the genre. I remember that was one of the earlier ones that I saw. But yeah, it's been a long time. I would love to go back, and that's definitely worth a revisit for sure. Lauren, have you seen Near yeah. Dark? Nope. Well, then you're not part of the cool kids. Never. <laughs> you're not allowed that. to do a horror podcast. <laughs> yep. Screw I, you. No, the true not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Screw you, boo. Yeah. Well, I was what? <laughs> Six or seven? What year? Eighty-seven. Yeah, seven. seven years old. Seven oh. years old. Seeing Near Dark. Jeez. Yeah. I was no. in middle school. No, I was That's watching crazy. The Little Mermaid. That sounds like something Jessica would have taken you to, though, at that age. Was there a lot of like blood violence? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> of course, vampires. Yeah. yeah. I want to tell yes, you. Yes, a lot of guns. My cousin, I love her so. I think much, we've all had cousins like this, by the way. Took me. To see a movie called Mavida Loca when I was like, oh no, that's a crazy movie. <laughs> it's a great movie, but it's not a, not not to see when you're six or seven. Yeah, I was it's really the, young. the inner city gang movie, right? Yeah, I think Selma Hayek was in that. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy, Jeez. and I was like, what the hell is this? My aunt, <laughs> she was supposed to take me. To see some like Disney movie that I was so excited to see. And she was like, okay, we'll see your movie if we see my movie. And I was like, okay. And she was like, you can't tell Auntie Jeannie that you saw this. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And then I watched it and I was like, I think I probably told my aunt. Like, we saw this crazy movie. And now when I bring it up to my cousin... And I tell her, like, do you remember? She's, like, mortified that she would, because she's a parent now. I mean, she was, like, 16 at the time. She was horrified that she... That she made that decision? That she made... But she, you know, she was 16. Not the greatest decision, but we can laugh about it now. But I saw some crazy stuff. (laughs) Way too young. Great movie. For older people. Yes, yes, yeah. definitely. All right, guys. Well, anything else to add? I think... Uh, oh, yeah. You know, I watched... Um, oh, yeah. On Apple Apple Plus. And I'm going to preface this by saying that I have yet to see anything bad on Apple Plus streaming. Like, there's something... Like, in any genre, if you're looking for comedy, everything is really good on there. What was... It? What was uh, so, well, Servants on there, right? Of course. And what else, there, is, yeah. what, what else is... What else Apple TV Plus that we've seen recently? I, I swear there's another show that we saw on Apple TV Plus. Well, Mayfair Witches is we were accessing it through Apple TV Plus, but it's that's on right. AMC, right? Wasn't uh, Fetty Alvarez's calls on Apple TV yeah, Plus? It's on the, yeah, yeah, it's on there. Yeah, yep, yep, that's right. Yeah, there's some great shows. I mean, if you like spy stuff, like for example, there's that uh, what's his name, Gary uh, Oldman's in it, Slow Horses, fantastic. Show. Oh wow, no, I haven't, but, I haven't heard of that. 
but the, yeah, it's a great if you like spy stuff in the, based in the UK. But the one I'm I'm bringing up is Blackbird. Have you guys heard of no, Blackbird? No, 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 have not. No. It's a must. It's a must watch. It's Ooh. um movie or TV show. It's a TV show. A six episode show. Okay. On Apple Plus. Don't spoil it's, it. Um, Don't spoil you. <laughs> I can tell you're gonna spoil it. It's. <laughs> Everybody dies. <laughs> um, oh my God. It's a Dennis, it's a Dennis Lehane, uh, based on Dennis Lehane book. He, you know, he wrote uh, Mystic River, uh, which is fantastic. But no, Blackbird is actually based on the true story, okay, of this guy named Jimmy Keene. This took place in the, in the early 1990, 91, 92 or something. Jimmy Keene went to Arizona, University of Arizona, Arizona State, one of those two schools. He was a football player, a star, right? And... Like the, instead of taking the high road, he took the low road. He got he got involved with dealing drugs and and uh, weapons, right? So he gets caught, he gets sent to prison, and then what's supposed to be like because his parents were rich and all that, you know, it's supposed to be a light sentence. They screwed him over, and they're like, "You're getting ten years." And he's like, I, "He's like, I can't do this." He's like, I'll, "I'll, I'm not made to be here. I'll, you know, I gotta get out." They figure out that his his nice guy personality fits a profile with a suspected serial killer. Except the killer confessed to a murder and then took it back. And he was more like, uh, yeah, just kidding. Like, I don't know what I, like, I don't know what I say sometimes. I just make stuff up in my mind, you know? So his confession was like in limbo, right? Is this like, like, is this like four episodes in? (laughs) No, this is, this is, this is the first 30 minutes. This is the first 30 minutes. This is just, this is just a setup because... Uh, the whole thing with the, the whole thing with the story is they sent him in. Okay, a guy, a football star from college, who got busted for drugs and weapons, to basically get into the mind and get this guy to confess. Right? Oh, that's cool. And this is a true story. This really happened. So over six episodes, you start to see how because because they tell him if you don't if you don't work this like you're staying in here for ten years like you know so he's pressure he has. If he, if, if he gets a confession, he can go free. So, this really happened. True story. And it's only six episodes. But the problem is that they're, they're over, like, they're like an hour each. So, it's, it's like six hours. You know, it's a yeah. you know. Taron Egerton plays the the prison guy, the convict. Oh, cool. And if you don't remember, he was the guy who played um, Elton John in, in, the, in the Elton John movie recently. But the star of this movie, besides from Greg Kinnear, who's in it, and also Ray Liotta, this is his last movie because he died when they were filming this. But the star of this movie is Paul Walter Hauser, who plays this, like, guy who's, like, kind of mentally challenged, you know? Confesses to murders, and then he takes it back, and he starts making stuff up. And he's like, no, I was just can't make stuff up, and I don't know what I say sometimes. He plays this character so amazing that you swear he acts like that. You swear he talks like that in real life. No, I love performances like that. So, yeah, so apparently when he auditioned, they were like, can you keep that up for like, you know, 15 weeks or however long they were filming, you know? And he's like, sure. That's like so, Ed O'Neill, uh, or sorry, not Ed O'Neill, Ed, Ed Neal from Texas Chainsaw acting school, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. A hitchhiker. Exactly. So he gives quite the performance and I'll tell you. Now, I won't tell you how the story ends or where it goes. Thank it goes you. to some very, very dark places. <laughs> but I will tell you that at the end... <laughs> Don't at the end. Don't you fucking. I'll tell you at the end. No, this is this is a, this this happened. This is true life. If you if you Google it, you will do yourself a dis a disservice 
Okay, so to let's see not how this all ended. Google anything. Let's just stop. But here. what I'm saying is, but no, by the end, it's just it's just one of these stories where you're like, how come I never heard of this guy before? Because the story is way bigger than what they show you. I'm so sold. It, it, go, it, it goes shocking places. That's, that's what I'm getting. At. It goes to shocking places, and by the end, you're kind of like left with your mouth open. You're like, what? You know? And apparently, that's how it played out in real life. And uh, it's it's a crazy story. If you're into true crime, serial killers, like this is one of those stories that I do not recall. But and it's a crazy premise that apparently really happened. So highly recommend it because great acting. Um, but yeah, it's, it's six hours. So definitely check that out. You should also check out on HBO Max, The Last of Us. I haven't watched any of those. Have you been? Yeah, have you been watching it? <laughs> No. Well, we got HBO Max back. Yeah. So I started watching. Oh. <laughs> well, not very much, but. The shot in Edmonton, Canada. I know that. How not, do you know that? Why? Well, I can't get rid of Facebook right now. I've got rid of Twitter <laughs> and Insta, but I've kept Facebook. And I've seen all my Edmonton friends, uh, radio friends, go, oh my God, this location was used in the show. Yeah. I think it's Edmonton, Edmonton or Calgary, so, somewhere up there. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about it more when we watch it together. Okay. And I watch more of it. Are you liking what you're seeing? Yeah. I was like, oh, this is pretty good. I know nothing about what it's about, so don't spoil it. I'm not I'm not even going to tell you, but I was very excited when we got our HBO Max back. Yeah. And I was like, oh, what's this? This looks fun. And it was really good. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to stick with this. And then Servant's back. Oh, again the slow drip of serving yes. right again one of those things where you only get an episode a week so right now uh the first two came out and then i think on friday episode three comes out this is season four how many episodes are we getting Eight? 10 probably season yeah, four i ten think it's yeah very last season of uh of servant I wonder if it's one of those things. I, I guess it isn't one of those things where if it does, like, if people are freaking out about it, they're going to bring it back for another season, do you think? No. Or is it, like, M. Knight's probably got his whole thing, like, his I, timeline. Yeah. Zipped up and yeah, tight at both ends. He he said it was supposed to be a five-season thing, but for some reason, they pressured him to four. So he's like, okay, I, I can actually wrap it up in four, no problem. So it's going to wrap up. It's, it's, it's done. We could have had an extra season. Ugh. I mean... You know, good and bad, because what if you get filler episodes that just do nothing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, again, I mean, like, we, oh. we'll say it again, like the way these episodes are put together in like half hour or less and just, just pummeling you with <laughs> twists right. and turns in every episode. That's a, to me, that's like each episode is kind of a masterpiece in that, in that sense. Yeah. Which leads me to be very excited for February for you. Oh my God. They really started rolling out the promo for that. And I'm like, <gasps> oh, I haven't I seen so some of the more recent ones in. Uh, yeah. You is one of those, the ones where, and that usually you, they don't hold back episodes every week. They kind of spill it all out at once. Cause I remember that with the last season that we would just sit and go, oh my God, what happened? Oh my God, we got to get the next episode. And then we'd stay up like till right. two or three. Right. Just like, what? Well, Cause you can't, it's like reading a good book. Yeah. Or what I've heard reading a good book is like. <laughs> I fall asleep while reading books. Well, That's the opposite. Doing anything pretty much. But I haven't fallen asleep during an episode of you. 
I nope. don't think or a servant. Good sign. You listening? Florence stayed awake. Wow. <laughs> it's a miracle. <laughs> it really is. All right. Well, should we button this one up, guys? Yep. All right. Sounds good. Well, we will be back next week for another round of this bullshit. That <laughs> 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 you're like, what the hell? What happened to the interviews? These guys suck. Yeah, no. Him uh, uh, and hawing and you know, owing and awing. How about through. some trivia? Sure. All right. Here you go, guys. In An American Werewolf in London, what song plays as David turns into a werewolf? Oh, Jesus, dude. I haven't seen this in forever. I have no idea. It's not the Wolfman Jack song, is it? Wolfman Jack actually did the, uh, there was trailers that Wolfman Jack did the radio spots for that. That's really yeah. cool. Oh, that's cool. What was it, Leo? The song would be Bad Moon Rising by Credence Clearwater oh, yeah. Revival. Nice. Which, by the way, he, uh, John Fogarty was on Coast to Coast uh, last night. John Fogarty? And, uh, yeah. And the crazy thing is, dude, after 50 years, he's finally getting the rights back to all that music. He just got it back. Wait, he was on Coast to Coast. Did he like have ghost stories or see aliens or something? He's a fan of that stuff. But it was mostly interview just to talk about his career and stuff, you know? Interesting. I thought for some reason, for some reason, the the coast to coast that I've heard is all strange and unusual stories. Am I wrong? Usually it is. No, you're right. You're right. Um, But um, yeah, these these guests, you know, they do have like sightings and they believe in this stuff. And they talk about, you know, so this wasn't so much about that because the second half of the show is about nightmares. Um, and a different guest, you know, but they had him on just to, you know, because because uh, I guess the the host was a big fan, you know. Yeah. And I thought, oh, this is, this is a pretty cool interview. But to hear that he, he find because the band is long gone, you know, like I think his brother is gone, the rest of the bandmates are gone, so he could not do anything with CCR, you know. But apparently, the new version of the band are actually his kids. His daughter and his sons are CCR basically, and I think now that he got the rights back. He can do whatever he wants now, so it's kind of crazy that it's 50 years later, you know? But yeah, pretty funny. It made me think of uh, Bad Moon Rising in American Werewolf in London. I did love that movie. Rick Baker's <laughs> Oscar-winning yeah. werewolf transformation effects. Man, I would love to get Rick Baker in here. Yeah, remember when we were going to end this episode? Yeah. Oh, sorry. We're just going on. People are like, bye-bye. Yeah, yeah. They're gone. Yeah. They stopped listening. <laughs> People stopped listening a long time ago. <laughs> what are we doing? All right. Well, we'll end it here. We'll be back next week with I'm not sure what. There will be interviews. Next week? No. No, not necessarily. Maybe. But we're going back to uh, doing some interviews. But right now, we're just kind of... Interviewing ourselves. Interviewing ourselves. Yep. All right. Well, that was your Boo Crew episode 368. Follow and DM us at Tales from the Boo Crew on Insta, Tales from the Boo on Twitter, and hit up TalesFromTheBooCrew.com. Production tracks provided, as always, by the kind folks at Powerman 5000. Till next time, it's Trav, Lauren, and Leo, collectively known as the Boo Crew, saying... Sweet screams. 
Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at TalesFromTheBoo. The Boo Crew is Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shand, chopped and sliced by Trevor Shand. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation, part of the bloody disgusting Podcast Network. Bye. A bloody disgusting podcast network. Home of the Boo Crew. For horror-centric interviews. SCP archives. Weekly full cast storytelling. Horror queers. Genre commentary from an LGTBQ perspective. And creepy. For disturbing and terrifying creepy pastas. Listen free wherever you stream audio and at bloodydisgusting.com slash podcasts.